Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show, but not just another, the first regular season game for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022, a year of interesting transition. Man, I am pumped up. It's for real. I know we've been pumping you up all year long saying, hey, training camp's here. Hey, draft is here. Hey, the preseason's here. No, man, this is for reals, Kevin Smith. What is up, my friend? Yeah, it's hard to believe that that it's here. And it just feels like the long, you know, the offseason was just uh, a, a long adventure. To, to quote the late, great uh, Jerry Garcia, what a long, strange trip it's been. I mean, I just feel like we've had so much to talk about for so long in regard to personnel, front office, quarterbacks, offensive line, you know, just so many different things that have happened throughout the offseason. And and all of a sudden it's here. It just it seems like it got in the midst of all that, it, it kind of got here suddenly. So I'm ready to talk some some real football, some real opponents. Not only are we ready to all of BTSC, that's behind the steel curtain.com is ready to talk about this morning. You had a great episode of Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman and special guest as always. He calls him Jerome. It's Jeremy Betts from BTSC. Really good show. Last night, the first preview of the year with myself, Jeff Hartman, and Dave Schofield. You had a great episode of what Ian's talking about. Man, I love what listening to that show. It is absolutely phenomenal. We've had other great shows, too, as well. There was a Stat Geek yesterday. I had a chance to guest host on Know Your Enemy with Frank from the unofficial Bengals podcast so you can go back and listen to all of those shows and more because if you've got Steeler regular season fever it's all here on behind the steel curtain.com so make sure you check it all out man you're excited I'm excited I don't think there's anybody that's not excited but you said something about it being a long strange trip Kevin now when you can go ahead and say collectively each happening of the Pittsburgh Steelers off season in 2022. You could probably say that it was mostly good and very few bad. Now there was a, there was a horrible tragedy in there losing Dwayne Haskins. And that, you know, that really put a pall on a major part of the off season, but there was not much disappointment when it comes to personnel moves with the Pittsburgh Steelers and happenings as far as injuries as well, Kevin, would you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel as though the team got better throughout the off season. I think the way the quarterback situation was handled was about as good as could have been expected under the circumstances. And uh, I think people feel now that we've had a chance to see Kenny Pickett play in the preseason uh, and, and Mitchell Trubisky, who, 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 was certainly competent. I think people worried that maybe he wouldn't be. Uh, I think there's a, a sense of, if not confidence, then certainly optimism about, about the quarterback position. I think the other the other spot that may have caused a little bit of nervousness uh, was with the GM and and you know elevating Omar Khan and people were worried. Well, you know he's not a personnel guy; he's a finance guy. Uh, but he went out and made some smart moves and. Uh, some moves that that look like that they're going to pay off. So I think there's some confidence about that as well. And while while people would like the offensive line to be better and and be a little further along, 
they're not. And you're going to have to give them a little bit of time. But I think that there are some good additions there, too. So, yeah, we had a lot to talk about. And uh, and there's a, a lot of reason for optimism uh, about those conversations that we've had all offseason. Of course, we spoke about Dwayne Haskins passing, and that was the lowest of the low. What was your highest of the high this year? Well, for me, it was going to training camp because I've never done it before. And it was such an amazing experience to get to see all that unfold right before me. But one of the cool things about being at training camp was it kind of validated some of the things that we'd been talking about for a long time. George Pickens was indeed the real deal when you saw him up close and personal. And uh, Brian Flores indeed brought a ton of energy and, and was a guy uh, who was a, a, an absolute presence on the field. And, and Mike Tomlin was everything that uh, you would had always read that Mike Tomlin was going to be, a guy who just seemed to love football practice and, and to be truly in his element while he was on the football field. And, and seven shots, which is something that I've adopted and, and stolen and taken uh, and integrated into my own uh, program at the high school uh, was every bit as intense and exciting as you, as you know, you, you'd always uh, read it to be. So that was a really cool experience for me, not just to be there, but to sort of see up close and personal, some of the things uh, that I had been reading and thinking about and, and to sort of have them confirmed. For me, you're going to think I'm crazy and everybody out there in BTSC nation is going to be like bad. Really? You're going with this as your highlight, your highest of the highs. But hear me out on this. It was August 4th. The Steelers were in camp. Now, of course, I was in a great mood because that was my son's 15th birthday. But when I heard the news, and I was in absolute shock that the Steelers re-signed and extended Deontay Johnson. And it's not for the player. This is not Tom Brady. This is not a, a player that is going to be transcendent in the history of the National Football League. But it told me everything that I needed to know about this organization. It told me that the Pittsburgh Steelers made a very smart general manager hire in Omar Khan. And it told me that he can look at personnel in two different ways. Your value on the football field and your value on the spreadsheet. And when you have a guy like that in Omar Khan, I have great confidence in that man and this organization more than I have in a long time. And that doesn't discount anything that Kevin Colbert did on the player side of it. It showed me that Deontay Johnson one makes me feel like he's a class act Two, It makes me feel like this is a player that wants to be a part of what's going on in Pittsburgh knows that he could, could have made just a couple more million dollars right away knows that he could have bet on himself, but didn't want to because he was good with what he was getting because he's a part of this organization. That tells me that this is a place that players, whether you wear the black and gold or you're elsewhere, want to be. That's not just a Rooney thing. It's just not an Omar Khan thing. It is most definitely a Mike Tomlin thing. And it shows me how respected he is as a leader. And I've got to tell you, that's why I'm more excited about 2022 than anything. You know, in regard to what you just said about that move telling you 
everything you needed to know about the Steelers. I felt very similarly regarding the Brian Flores signing because that was a signing that felt like something the Pittsburgh Steelers would do. They would bring in a guy uh, who who needed somebody to to have some faith in him in that moment and and to to take a chance on him given the way things had transpired in Miami and, and his lawsuit against the league. And there was concern that maybe that lawsuit would sort of make him untouchable for a little while. But uh, here the Steelers saw uh, a great coach, uh, a person that was going to be able to add something very, very positive to the organization. Uh, I think it speaks volumes about Mike Tomlin, who has always been willing to bring in talented coaches and, and veteran coaches with, with pedigrees and, and put them on his staff. He's not an insecure guy who's looking over his shoulder. It would have been very, very easy for Mike Tomlin to say, hey, I'm not bringing in Brian Flores because he's a threat to my job. Uh, I think he understands his place in the organization. He knows he's got job security. And I think he saw in Flores an opportunity to learn from a, a guy who's generally regarded as one of the best coaches in the NFL. And he knows Maybe I won't have him here that long, but I'm going to bring him in and we're going to soak him in and get as much out of him as we possibly can. And hopefully, you know, we can provide him an opportunity to get another head coaching job somewhere else. So to me, that was a really Pittsburgh Steeler move as well. And not just the fact that Mike Tomlin was not worried about his job. It's the fact that Terrell Austin was not worried about his job and welcoming a guy in. And that shows you where this organization is. Now, interesting news came out today. It was announced that Terrell Austin will actually be on the field for the first time. He's typically in the uh, in the sky watching the games in, do you call it the press box, Kevin? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it the, the, the press box specifically, but uh, sure, because you're not literally, literally in there with the press, but you're up there in the coaching booth. And, uh, and it's, a, it's an amazing place to, to see and call a game. Uh, obviously I haven't done it on the NFL level, but having, having done it in at my own level, I can tell you that it's, it's almost like playing a video game. You shut the window. Uh, you don't really hear the crowd too much and you just focus on, on what's happening on the field and be, and, and the perspective that you have, the way that you can see all the moving pieces out there really gives you a bird's eye view of what's happening and helps you call the, call the game. So uh, I was interested in that when uh, when that news was announced because I, I just I think it's hard I think it's very hard to call a game from field level it's just you don't you don't see much it's really hard to see what's going on in the trenches it's it, from field level it kind of looks like a, a a pile of moving bodies it's tough to see uh, if you're for example an offensive coordinator what you know defensive line stunts or or what gaps are, are vulnerable or what gaps are, are there for you to exploit. It's hard to focus on the interior and then also see the coverages. So if you're going to call the game from the field, whether you are an offensive or defensive coordinator, you really need to trust the guy in the sky. You really need to trust that person who's upstairs. And I thought it was very interesting to read that Austin will be on the field and Flores will be upstairs because to me that says a couple of things. It says one, Austin and Flores are on the same page, which is wonderful uh, that 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 they're going to work together and that they understand what each other wants to do and that and that they're they're in the game in on the game plan together. And two, I thought it was kind of brilliant because Brian Flores is a is a blitz specialist. He's one of the best in the league at dialing up blitzes. And there's no better way to be able to see that stuff than from upstairs. You can really see 
what the offensive line's doing, where they're vulnerable, and you can really exploit that. And you can't something that, that you can't do while you're down on the field. Uh, and then it also gives uh, it also gives Austin the opportunity to talk to his guys on the field, which is important for a coordinator because as a coordinator, you, you need to make immediate adjustments and you want to have access to your guys. So in a way, I think the Steelers are getting the best of both worlds. They're getting uh, a guy who really knows how to call the game and floors up top. Uh, and now and now they're get, letting their defensive coordinator have access to their players. So I'm very, very eager to see how this works out. You know, we know that it's we know what it is on paper. We know their roles on paper. But do the Steelers have two defensive coordinators? No, certainly they have three because Mike Tomlin, I think, is is, is certainly uh, uh, heavily involved in all of that as well. And 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 that can be you know that can be a too many cooks in the kitchen uh, situation if if all of those individuals want to be able to put their personal stamp on the situation. Uh, you, you, if you if you hang around football coaches long enough, you you realize a couple of things. One, there's a lot of alpha males uh, in that group, and two, there's a lot of egos in that group. You know, there's a lot of guys who who want to essentially prove that they're the smartest guy in the room. They're a competitive group of individuals. And if you have too many guys like that uh, who aren't willing to compromise, you've got a problem. But I, it doesn't strike me as though the Steelers do. It's, it, it, it looks to me as though they've got, they've got smart guys who, who are willing to collaborate and work together because I think they all understand their roles. Tomlin knows he's the head coach and he's going to have input. Uh, but, but I think that he has he's kind of yielded the play calling uh, and, this, and the, the game plan to Austin. And I think Austin knows he has an incredible collaborator in Flores, but he also understands that Flores' goal isn't to become the defense coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's to become a head coach somewhere else in the NFL. And so I think they feel freed up to work with one another. I absolutely do not think that Brian Flores would leave this team for a defensive coordinator position next year. I do not see that if he leaves, he's leaving as a head coach, which he should be. So I think one of the benefits to this whole thing, when they're bringing a guy like this in, they know they're bringing in a guy that is auditioning for other teams and they're glad to give him that spotlight. Both guys, Austin and Tomlin are glad to give him an opportunity to go elsewhere. My ultimate hope is that he lasts two years here because that could mean a very high, maybe a second or first round draft pick if he's here two seasons and ends up as a head coach on another football team. That could be a big deal, but don't get used to Brian Flores, Kevin, is probably what I'm thinking that we've got to tell all of ourselves because he is not here for the long haul. He's here to get back and be relevant again. For sure. And, and there's really no better way for him to do that than to have a great season here in Pittsburgh. So it benefits everybody in the organization uh, if if the defense succeeds and it benefits Flores as an individual, too. The only thing is I could really see with what I think is going to happen with this defense that you lose Brian Flores right away. I think he's a head coach next year if they have the success that we really think that they're going to have. But. You'll take that, won't you? Well, I, I'm like you. I'd love to keep him for sure, and um, and it, especially if they do well, because it, it'd be hard to give a guy like that up. But you just hope that the Steelers are taking good notes. <laughs> you know, you you hope that that uh, that whatever they're whatever he's offering, they're soaking in 
um, and that they're going to find ways once he's gone, because it seems inevitable to, to continue to incorporate some of the things that he does, because it's not like the Steelers need a complete overhaul of their defense. Their defense is certainly good. It, it, they're trying to get it back to being great. And some of the things that Flores does might be able to get them there. So it's not like they need, they, they need Flores uh, to make the defense effective. It's just that he might be able to get them to uh, the upper echelon in the NFL. And then, you know, if he's, if he's gone, they hopefully can retain some of the things that they've learned from him. Who is the X factor for the Pittsburgh Steelers on defense? We are going to find that out when we come back as we get ready to have a pregame show for the Steelers and the Bengals. It is opening weekend, and man, I'm pumped. It's BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we'll be back right after this. You won't look my way. Oh, come on, girl. I said, I'm to be so mean. I ain't the worst-looking man you've ever seen. Welcome back to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I am Brian Davis, Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. Kevin Thatcher Smith is with me. KT Smith, you know him as. You can call him Kevin. You can call him Coach. Man, I call him the legend, and I call him a must-listen. Kevin, I've got to ask you, the Pittsburgh Steelers on defense, who is the X factor? Who do they need to shine the most this weekend to take on a lot of firepower in Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, I always feel when you ask me these questions that I cop out, and I, <laughs> and rather than answer with like a single name, I'm usually I'm usually giving you like a bigger a bigger picture. I don't know. I guess that's a habit uh, I have, but I think t- the answer to your question is is the run defense, and and that may sound a little surprising given. Uh, how good Burrow is and and how good Jamar Chase is. And that passing game in Cincinnati is certainly dangerous. But when you think back to the the games last year between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, the Bengals just ran the ball down the Steelers' throats. Um, they ran for almost 300 yards combined in those two games. Uh, Joe Mixon gashed him for 165 yards in, in the second game. And uh, they really used the run at will, especially on first down. I mean, their first down numbers in those two games were incredible. They had – 31 rushes for 185 yards, which is an average of about six yards a carry on, on first downs. Which So if you're running the ball for six yards a carry on first down and you're setting up second and three, second and four, second and five, you can do whatever you want on that second down call. And that makes your life easy. I mean, you can – Burrow's got the quick game. He can take deep shots if you want. You can run play action. You can run the ball again. The whole playbook is wide open. And if the Steelers put themselves in that situation again where they don't – get Cincinnati behind the chains because they can't stop the run, they're really going to struggle. So I know that Cincinnati passing game is, uh, is, is extremely effective, but I really think the Steelers have to be great against the run and specifically great against the run on first down. Who's the guy that has to do it? I'm not going to let you cop out here. Ah, okay. All right. So it's got to be the interior run defense. So I'll put it on uh, Tyson Alualu, uh, uh and or Larry Ogunjobi. Those guys have to be able to, to really kind of hold their mud in, in the trenches because Cincinnati's an inside zone team. Well, they'll run inside zone and they'll run wide zone, but they love the zone game. And, and inside zone's an A-gap play, and outside zone's usually a B-gap play in the NFL. And that, that means the defensive tackles. So the defensive tackles have got to be able to anchor in, not get pushed off the ball, 
the big thing last year, man, that Steelers defensive uh, defensive line was getting knocked all over the place. Now, you, we all know the story. There was a lot of injuries last year. They had a lot of guys out. They had a lot of backup guys playing starter reps, uh, and that was problematic. So so this year, hopefully, with Ogan Joby, who I think is a really good run stopper, uh, and and Tyson Alualu, who we, we know has been effective in that role, those two guys really need uh, to solidify the interior of the defensive line. All right, so let's go ahead and look at the Cincinnati Bengals on offense as they are going to be attacking the Steelers' defense. Who's the dude for the Bengals this week that the Steelers need to stop? Burrow's certainly the dude, but I mean, he's he's a guy. He's the guy that kind of you know the straw that stirs their drink. Uh, and Jamar Chase is obviously a, a, an individual who's tough to cover because. You know, what do you do with him? Do you roll your coverage to him and then perhaps have weaknesses elsewhere? Uh, or do you try to single him up and he's pretty darn tough to cover one-on-one? That's always a dilemma. But I think the Steelers can kind of keep Cincinnati off balance in the passing game by, by mixing their co- coverages. They've had all offseason, or I'm sorry, all summer really, to prepare. And, and we think back last year to what they were able to do to Buffalo in that season opener and really just kind of mess with Josh Allen by – throwing him a steady diet of nickel and dime looks that he wasn't really ready for. I think the Steelers will have some things in the passing game that will make it tough on Burrow. So the guy they really got to stop is Mixon. I mean, if they can take away the run game and make Cincinnati one-dimensional, I think they'll have enough in enough packages, enough coverage disguises, enough creative blitzes to be able to, I, I'm not going to say stop Joe Burrow, but make, but make things a little bit difficult on him. But when a team is running the ball down your throat, it's the most demoralizing, uh, discouraging thing that can happen because it's it's just the slow death. There's not really a whole lot that you can do when a team is just knocking you off the ball and hitting you uh, for five, six, seven yards a run. And Pittsburgh can't let that happen, so they're going to have to stop mixing. Very, very good answer, man. No one's saying Mixon, and everybody knows that that should be the guy. But when you've got the chases, when you've got T. Higgins, when you've got Joe Cool, Joe Burrow is cool to me. He he really is. I think he is that X factor of a guy. I think he has NFL MVP possibilities. And a lot of people are like, bad, stop doing that. I mean, why are you gushing all over this guy? Do I have a man crush? On this guy, well, I've got a football crush on this guy because I think he's that good. I'd love to see him in Pittsburgh. I think he is in Pittsburgh. I think that's for another day. I think his name's Kenny Pickett, and I think he could be that guy as well. So that's really exciting to me, especially since he was the guy that the small hands factor was on just two years ago. So it's really interesting to me. But Mixon, yeah, if Burrow's going to – if he's going to be the straw that stirs the drink, then – Mixon's probably the ice cubes that's going to keep it cool. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, one thing about Joe Cool, about Joe Burrow, uh, and again, uh, it's hard to like anybody on the Bengals. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, fans like you and I have been around so for so long. It's just it's it's a tough ask. But when we when we step back from our you know take off our black and gold goggles and we just kind of think about these guys as people and as as players, there's a lot to admire about Burrow. And one of the things I like about him is, you know, you, we, you called him Joe cool, but he's got that, that sort of level-headed uh, confidence that you want in a quarterback. He's not, he's not Baker Mayfield where he's got to put it all out there by like, 
you know, running out to the middle of the field and like taunting the other sideline and doing all that stupid stuff. He's just very steady and very quiet and very confident. I saw him in an interview the other day and he just, he, they were asking him about like uh, what teams that blitz him. And he just kind of dead looked the reporter in the eye and he was like, go ahead, blitz us. He's like, we're, you know, I did, you know, I dare teams to blitz us. And I believe him. I believe him because not like he's being, he's, he's bragging, but because he feels prepared and he, and he knows what to do. I mean, one of the greatest, uh, feelings of assurance in the world is when you feel prepared because it, because you're confident. And, and uh, I think that he feels that way, but at the same time, I think the Steelers should also feel fairly confident given the fact that they've had so much time to prepare and they're bringing in new ideas from guys like Flores and Austin being elevated to the DC. So I think it'd be a very interesting matchup between the Steelers defense and uh, Burrow from a, you know, sort of like a chess perspective. You and I, we're going to do this in the offseason. We're going to probably count down our favorite sports movies or maybe just our favorite football movies. And you and I are the only two guys that talk about one certain football movie. And I know you probably think I'm going to say all the right moves. We only talk about that one. We're the only guys that talk about that one. But we talk about the program a lot. (laughs) Yep. And to me... I'm not going to get into asking you how real that is, but is that, is that real? That movie? Um, that's a, that's like a, a reality on steroids version okay. of, of, of football. Uh, I mean, first of all, it's very hard to, to take any sort of sports movie seriously when the star quarterback has a horrendous throwing motion. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that star quarterback is Joe Burrow. Joe Kane from the program. Uh, there are absolutely from a personality standpoint, there's some definite similarities. No question about that. Even, even a little bit of how they look, you know, there's a little bit of a, yeah. like the hairdo and all that. Yeah. So I expect uh, Joe Burrow to walk into that huddle and say, let's go put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. Now that's just from a movie. So you'll send your cards and letters to Joe Kane. And the actor that played him, because, you know, I already got in trouble for that before (laughs) and not, not from anyone in PTSD, but saying, you can't say that these days, bad Look, I get it, but that's what they said in the movie. And that's what I could picture this guy doing. I also can pick, I mean, I also love the fact that he's saying, go ahead and blitz us. Yeah. Challenge accepted because the Pittsburgh Steelers do have TJ Watt. They'll blitz you. They have right, other right. guys that will blitz you. They have guys on the corner that will blitz you. So be ready for that. Now, let's talk about the Steelers on offense. Man, this might be an easy one for a lot of people, saying that the X factor is the offensive line. I think it's somewhere else. Are you going to say it's the offensive line? And if so, who is the player? I think the player is Mitchell Trubisky uh, because he's got a be able to convince the, the the Steelers offense that they can go into Cincinnati and win a game with him at quarterback. That's, that's something I don't know if the Steelers know right now. I think that they feel like he had a good preseason, uh, but I don't know if they know that we can go into Cincinnati and beat Joe Burrow in his home stadium with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. And I think the better Trubisky plays, especially out of the gate, uh, the more confidence that the, that the offense will have and, and, and the more belief that there will be in that regard. So, so that gets me to sort of the second thing, which while Trubisky is, is the X factor as a player, Matt Canada is the X factor 
overall because he's got to put with his game plan, he's got to put Trubisky in the best possible position to succeed. He can't ask Trubisky to do things that Trubisky's not real good at doing. He can't ask him uh, to do things that don't fit with how Cincinnati's defending him. And he's got to be creative as well. We talked about the Steelers being creative on defense. They got to be creative on offense. I was watching the Bills Rams game on Thursday night and, and I'm looking at the Bills run Josh Allen. And when I say run, I'm not talking about quarterback scrambles, scrambles. I'm talking about designed quarterback runs where they're running jet motion and, uh, and Allen is, is riding the jet back and then running quarterback counter back the other way. They're running bash concepts, which is real, a really cool uh, play that is all the rage in college. But you never see NFL teams do it. Bash is like, it's, it stands for back away. Where you're you ride the back like he's going to run inside zone to the right, but you all but you have linemen pulling the block quarterback counter to the left, and the end is and the quarterback's reading an unblocked end, uh, and Allen's pulling the ball and he's running up between the tackles. He's running quarterback counter for eight, ten, twelve yards, uh, and at the end of the play, he's lowering his shoulder and running through a safety, and you say to yourself, "Wait a minute, that's Josh Allen. That's a guy who's got a two hundred something million dollar contract and is the the franchise quarterback." And uh, but it's it's hard to defend. It's hard. It is really hard to defend the quarterback as a runner because you can't account for him uh, with your defense. And so uh, I want to see Matt Canada get into that stuff. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky had a year in Buffalo. He knows all that stuff. I mean, we didn't see the quarterbacks move around a whole lot in the preseason, but I really want Matt Canada to tap into his college roots, get into the quarterback run game, amongst other things. Uh, and just show Cincinnati things they haven't seen before, things hopefully the Steelers can do well uh, that give Trubisky some confidence and get that offense moving. Well, I absolutely love it. So if we're going to compare Joe Cool, Joe Burrow to Joe Kane, Mitch Trubisky is the guy that you think is going to stir the drink for the Steelers. And who do we compare him to? I'm just going to throw out a comparison draft day and Brian Drew, the quarterback that they kept instead of hotshot rookie Bo Callahan. I never saw a draft there. And well, uh, you know what? It's actually, if you can get past the fact that it's the Cleveland Browns. That's what I couldn't get past. That's why. <laughs> you, you, you will, though. You absolutely will because it's Kevin Costner you're pulling for. It's not even the Browns. It's yeah. it's the it's Joe Ray Farmer or whatever his name was in that movie. Um, I just think, I think it's a fantastic movie, but get past the Browns thing, but just check it out. So I will just say there's a lot of comparisons to a guy like Brian drew. And I really think that if, if life is going to imitate art, that Mitch Trubisky could be that guy and get his redemption here in Pittsburgh. And it's going to start, it's going to start this weekend, but who's the guy on defense for the Bengals that, that has to stop him? Well, I mean, Cincinnati has a very good defensive line. Um, they got some really, really nice players up front. I mean, Sam Hubbard's a good pass rusher, and BJ Hill's been been a, a real good run stop stopper. And then, of, of course, Trey Hendrickson. He's the he's the best of the bunch. Uh, so those guys are, are going to put some pressure on Trubisky. I mean, he's going to have to be able to handle that pressure, move around the pocket, uh, find his way into open windows where he can, where he can throw the football and then just not make mistakes, especially down the field. I mean, uh, Cincinnati's got two really good safeties in Bon Bell and Jesse Bates. Uh, those guys are, you know, good ball hawk, Hawks and they're, and they're, they're guys that, that get around the football. 
uh, and are very active. So he's got, he can't be late down the middle of the field. I mean, the biggest, the biggest mistakes that he could possibly make would be holding the ball too long in the pocket and then pushing it down the field late because those safeties will make him pay. Uh, hopefully the Steelers can get some decent matchups. I, I, mean, I don't think uh, that, that, Cincinnati is particularly great at, at corner. I don't think the Trey Flowers or Eli Apple uh, are, are top-level corners. And hopefully the Steelers can find some matchup, uh, matchups that they like outside. I mean, I think that the Steelers need to try to get George Pickens going early because he seems like a guy that if you get Pickens going, it'll, it'll really inspire the offense. I think, I think the offense feels very, very excited and confident uh, about Pickens, and it would be great to get him going early. And again, man, I just think that this is going to be a game where if the Steelers can have early success, it will really, really fuel them. We've talked, uh, you know, on the site a lot about how how slowly the Steelers have started the last few years. I think a lot of it had to do with Ben Roethlisberger. I think Roethlisberger was a guy who took a while to sort of figure out what the defense was doing, and he got better as the game went on, the more familiar he became with a defense's game plan. I don't think the Steelers have that luxury right now. I don't think Trubisky's that guy. I think Canada can scheme them into uh, some advantageous situations early on. I want to see him take shots early on. You know, I want to, I, I would love to see a gadget play early on. Get the Steelers out of the game, whatever it, whatever that takes. Get get Trubisky some confidence, uh, move him around the pocket so that 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 line can't tee off on him. Uh, try to get Pickens going. Maybe a big play to Pickens early on. So I think that the Steelers have you know, some things in their game plan that they can do. Uh, to to feed into all of this. Well, I saw a lot of preseason video of Mitch Trubisky chugging beer, and when you say that they're going to take shots, I have I picture him with Jack Daniels or Sambuca or, or whatever doing shots before the game. Now I hope that's after the game, right? Because then <laughs> that would probably mean that it was a it was a, and Sambuca is this what is this nineteen ninety seven? It's the first time. thing. It's the first thing that popped. I was trying to say Jägermeister, but I'm not much of a drinker, so Sam Buka just jumped into my head. I would be the guy that we would we would have been great friends if we were in college, high school together, especially college. Um, but you would have been busting on me for stuff like that. Oh. I would have been the guy drinking Zima. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, hey, man, we all have our weaknesses. So. <laughs> That's mine. That definitely is. Um, with that being said, my weakness now is Dr. Pepper. I love it. And they don't even sponsor this show. But I got to ask you this right now, Kevin. I already did my predictions. You could read my predictions on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com coming up on Sunday morning. You can read all of our predictions here as that will be compiled into one article. If you want to hear my prediction, go ahead and check me out. On the preview, it was live last night, and or you can download it anywhere that you find your favorite Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Actually, not Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, any of your favorite podcast. We're going to be there on any platform that you can think of. I'd be shocked if we're not on there because I make sure that we are. So with that being said, Kevin, what's going to happen in this game? Prediction time. Well, as as optimistic as I've been throughout the podcast, I think that this is a really tough ask for the Steelers. I think that you, that the Steelers have a lot of moving parts and a lot of change that's going on and they're going to go to Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals are going to, you know, unveil their AFC champions banner and, uh, and they're a team that is largely uh, the same as it was last year with a few tweaks and, and uh, the continuity that they have will be a benefit to them along with the home crowd. 
So I think it's a big ask. And I, and I, I think, I think the Steelers will play well. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I think in the end, though, Cincinnati will have a little too much for them. And um, so I think it, you know, we're looking for maybe like a 24-17 uh, Bengals victory. But I don't necessarily think this, that's a bad thing. I think the Steelers can learn a lot about themselves in this loss, and they can, and they can probably build on a lot of things. You know, losing your opener is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, and, and you're going to find a lot about yourself, uh, out, out about yourself. So hopefully it's a game where the Steelers compete hard, uh, you know, find out where some of their flaws are and are able to fix them going forward. Very good. I'm not excited about what you just said, but we ask for the truth and we don't have to be homers here. We've got to just uh, speak from the head and the heart and figure out what is the most what is the most truthful and what is the most likely to happen? So thank you so much for that, Kevin. It's time for us to go. Kevin, I'm so excited for this game. We've been waiting a long time. Next week, we're going to be recapping this game and we're going to be talking about the New England Patriots. But first things first, what's for di- dinner, Kevin? It's Bengals and I'm hungry for some tiger meat. So Ke- <laughs> for Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony. You like that, Kevin? I didn't know where you were going. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to think of something next week because I like I can't say I'm hungry for Patriot. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so help me out with that one. But with that being said, for Kevin Smith, I'm Brian Anthony Davis. This has been, here we go, the Steelers pregame show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Not just your one-stop shop, but your non-stop shop for everything Pittsburgh Steelers. Keep your feet on the ground, my friends, and... Keep reaching for the hypocycloids. Go steal, baby. Beautiful. Beautiful.